Hello, everybody. Welcome into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. It is the practice report driven by Byers Auto. We're giving Berm the microphone tonight. You're welcome. Tim's going to tag in. We're just going to just going to shake it up. I'm Austin Ward. This is Tim May. This is Jeremy Birmingham. Uh, as you can see over my uh, left shoulder here, uh, Ohio State is focusing for the Indiana Hoosiers on Saturday, the first Big Ten game on the road. Uh, Berm, since you have a microphone, We'll start with you. What's uh, your number one takeaway as we've gone through two days here of talking to the Buckeyes? I just think it seems like a team that is not in a, in a place where there's any potential for a letdown at this point. I just don't see it. I know that, you know, people are spooked by Purdue and in Iowa in the last two years, and every road game the Buckeyes have this year is going to be the week of the conversation is going to be, <laughs> is this the week that it happens? Is this the week that it happens? And I just, I, I keep looking at Indiana's roster, and there's nobody that scares me. Uh, I look at what this Ohio State defense went through last year. Uh, and how much pride they played with on Saturday, and I, ju I just—it looks like a, a team that, despite the fact that Indiana won 52 to nothing on Saturday, despite the fact that they're two and zero, despite the fact that they're statistically almost identical to Ohio State through two games, um, when the Buckeyes step on that field, there's a major difference between yeah. Ohio State and Indiana. Statistics and through two weeks can be kind of misleading, Tim, because if you look at the personnel, that's where the similarities uh, could not be further apart. Well, if you just look, at the, you're talking about the personnel of the teams that the two teams played. I mean, you know, Eastern Illinois. Also correct. Yep. Yeah, that's tough to uh, equate Eastern Illinois with anybody Ohio State has played uh, in any form or fashion. And then Ball State, you know, that game was a neutral site game. Battle for Indiana. Took, yeah, the battle for Indiana or part that that section of Indiana, that little <laughs> region. And uh, so, yeah, it's really kind of difficult to get a tag on it that way, except then you look at it and, you know, Ohio State has played – at least as well as Indiana against better opponents. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you want to look at it that way. But this is the first road game. You know, everybody keeps like you're talking about pothole. Well, the potholes have come in October, you know, and uh, this is early September. And uh, it's, uh, I don't see a pothole on this one. And number two, like you guys know, when Ohio State goes to Indiana, that's when they always take their 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 uh, stadium photo every other year because everybody's in red and the place is packed. And that's because Ohio State fans are there. So. I don't really see this being a, a pothole game if Ohio State takes care of business. Yeah, it's it's a little early in the season for that. I mean, you're just out of training camp. You're still uh, adding things to the playbook. You haven't got into the monotony, the rhythm of the season. I'm not making any excuses for Iowa or Purdue for what happened to Ohio State there. But if it's going to happen, it's going to happen a little later in the year when you're, you're fatigued. You know what's at stake down looking ahead to the end of the Big Ten Right, schedule. not at 11 o'clock in Bloomington or and, whatever and look, time it is. It's noon there, but... Um, the other, the other factor. Sometimes you just get beat because if if there if a warning mattered, they know they got beat by Iowa right. two the year before last year. We're all talking about the Purdue game and the possible pothole yeah. and then everything that happens in that game. And then this huge windstorm comes in like two and a half hours before the game starts, blows a couple of trees over near near the media parking lot, etc. I almost got killed by a garbage can that it, day. That was exactly. a flying trash can. And so there was no. There's no excuse for that being a, you know, uh, a trap game. You, the trap's sitting right in front of you. You step right in it. Yeah, and as as you've said over and over, Tim, I mean, this is college football. Crazy things happen or nobody would watch this sport. Right. If you're going straight to the pick four best teams, well, the semifinal could start tomorrow. That's I think why the everybody... polls right now are, you know, yeah, yeah. there's three teams in right. the top five from the SEC, yeah. maybe in the top four in one of the polls. One, two of them are at least going to have one loss. Yeah. That's why I keep mm -hmm. reminding people. And so I guess we can sum up the uh, pothole conversation. Unfortunately for Ohio State, because of what they did the last two years, they're going to have to answer those questions when they play Indiana, when they play on the road against Nebraska, when they go to Northwestern. They're going to have to answer those questions What about year. Rutgers? They will not have to answer it when they go to Rutgers. That's going to be a guarantee. It's funny. Them. A lot of times in New Jersey, there's a lot of potholes on the road. <laughs> but 
All right. another story. I want to end. Let's the, digress. I want to end the pothole report brought to you by Buyers Auto and shift gears back to the Buckeyes. Uh, you look at this, uh, Berm. We've had a couple people indicate to us that this might be the week that Jonathan Cooper returns. I don't think that there is a tremendous sense of urgency to play him until maybe Nebraska. But you know, if Indiana's offense is for real. Uh, you're still working back Tyler Friday and Tyreek Smith getting them reps. If you have that senior captain back out there, as, as Tim uh, originally reported for us with the high ankle sprain, that could be a pretty big deal. And Chase Young's playing pretty good on his own, but having Cooper out there would be a big lift. Yeah, Jonathan's missed three weeks uh, total at this point, two, two games. They could easily hold him off until Nebraska at this point. But he was walking through here today, no limp, no gimp. Uh, he, looked, he, he looked pretty much like he was back to, to full speed while walking and he was happy but he's always had a huge and, and he seemed to be uh, in in a good mood and for ohio state what you mentioned is, is key there when you bring him back tyler friday and tyreek smith slowly from injury as well it's better to have three of them rotating in than two um you know with the way the schedule works out i think that they would love to just say johnson just wait until for two more weeks but the kids want to play and when you're playing against a mobile quarterback like uh michael Penix is over at indiana the more pass rushers that you can bring in and rotate to stay fresh the more you can get after him and i think that has to be the game plan for saturday don't think tim that ohio state will be fully healthy cj saunders uh still probably going to miss another couple weeks uh, with some sort of leg ailment. and it didn't look good, but go ahead. And Teron Vincent also has a big sling on what seems to be a shoulder injury. He was in the stadium on Saturday. We saw that. That looks like it could be a lingering issue. But still, uh, we talked about it already this week. Chase Young and that defensive line, they're not really missing a beat. So how, as Berm alluded to, how important is that group as you go on the road here and try to stop the run and get after a new quarterback? It's, it's huge. And, you know, but, you know, silver linings are everywhere. And Cervante uh, Jean-Baptiste, He's gotten a lot of time in the first couple of games. And, uh, you know, how well he's played, that's up to somebody else to judge. But he has been in there early in games. And so there's there's a silver lining for you. And then number two, like I've been pointing out to people, we're, you know, we're, we're going, we're gushing over the play of Chase Young, and rightfully so. But another guy that's playing on another level now is Devon Hamilton. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's at 315 pounds. He doesn't really even look that big. But uh, he's given them that really force in the A-gap, that you know that nose tackle force. And it's it's changing the way that a lot of teams are playing them. So they've got a lot of guys coming on up front. That, you know, Jay Sean Cornell, my goodness, yeah. you know. And uh, Tommy, Tommy Togiai, if he could keep from just barely <laughs> touching a guy when he goes out of bounds and getting that penalty, that was – that was one of those, you know, boy, you wish you could review those, well, you know. But Evidently, uh, he is the strongest guy on the team because yeah. he can knock a guy over yeah, with can, a finger. He can do this. <laughs> and, yeah, he can definitely do that with me. But, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of silver linings from, from this defensive standpoint just emanating from uh, the problems with Jonathan Cooper to start the season yeah. because Jay Sean Cornell had to switch outside in the, in the first game and blah, blah, blah. So that's where, like I've said all along, I'm going to keep saying this verse, they've got rising talent on this team that no one – when you're talking about football teams, sometimes you talk about who's coming back as a starter and who's who's coming in as a freshman. Like this is basketball. Yeah. The, what the key for Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, right on down the line, the big time teams is who's coming, rising to the fore, who's been here for a while. And I just named a couple of them. Yeah. To switch gears to the offense, you can say the same thing. Uh, the other day we talked about Benjamin Victor, but I think uh, Berm, a guy that talked on this field out here tonight to us, uh, as Ohio State prepares for Indiana, is Austin Mack going for a little homecoming and you can see that this is a guy who's uh, pretty motivated, uh, healthy, trying to get that rust off. The last time he was in his home state did not go too well. That was a forgettable evening for him and he left uh, in a little bit of uh, pain and tears. So 
I think this is another big week for him, another big step, and, and he's probably going to be pretty emotional about it. Yeah, Ryan Day talked about it on Tuesday, but Austin Mack is that guy that has to sort of be the security blanket, I think, for Justin Fields when you get into those third and medium type situations where they got to throw the ball. And he's done it the last two weeks. He's made some big catches on the sideline, tough catches, but he hasn't had a chance to really stretch the field. He had the, the one opportunity against Cincinnati where he was basically had a guy crawling all over his back in the end zone and almost made a remarkable one-handed catch. Yeah. But what you want to see out of Austin Mack is that he's healthy. I think that he's a guy through his career who early in his career struggled to see the ball well. He got some, some eye discipline issues and has worked on that. But he's always been a leader in the locker room, always been a guy that has, has showed up. He's made big catches throughout his career. I mean, think back to the Dwayne Haskins you know, introduction up in Ann Arbor and the catch he made there. He's a kid that's always made the tough catch. It hasn't always made the easy catch, and I think that uh, for, for Austin to go home and have this opportunity to play at, in his home state uh, is something he's really looking forward to. Yeah, it's it, funny, I never equate Fort Wayne and Bloomington, ever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, I mean Fort, Fort Wayne is Ohio, essentially. Yeah, Cincinnati, exactly. Kentucky, Fort Wayne, Ohio. Exactly. Not a real homecoming. Yeah, right, never hey, Ohio and Indiana are basically the same that, state. The, the thing you know, the thing I like about Austin is he he's parlayed his college career, not just into playing football, because obviously he had to miss half of the season last year, yeah. but he's become a a force in the community, a force off the field. I mean, that, you know, those are the kind of guys you just really, they're not missing this opportunity. You know what I mean? He's one of those kind of guys that seized it. And there's a few more on this team that are doing the same thing. But that that's what I admire about Austin Mack, on top of the fact he's hes a pretty damn good uh, receiver who yeah. is getting his feet back under him and is playing pretty well. He's sort of the poster child for what Urban Meyer wanted to build in his football program when it comes to finding ways to get good football players who were, were good students and who understood that they had a responsibility to be something more than just a wide receiver. And I Jordan think, Fuller. right, he's, he, they're, they're just a lot of guys who really started after that 2015 class. It, 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 the, the, the tide kind of turned yeah. uh, in 2016. And you see all these guys who've made their way into the program that are, are leaving a mark that's bigger than football. J.K. Dobbins, same thing. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. As we uh, start to wind down here on the practice report, Batsu, brought to you by Byers Auto. Anything you've learned in the last two days, Tim, that stands out to you? Uh, yeah, the wide receivers are practicing scramble drills, you know, <laughs> which I thought came part and parcel when you have a, a quarterback who can break contain yeah. and still keep his eyes downfield. It's, it's good to see they're getting to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they didn't have to do it last year. Yeah, Austin Mack was talking about about, about that today. I mean, you know, they're, they're, keep it alive, man. If you're, Don't always, like, when, when the quarterback's scrambling, turn around, hold your hand up, and run 50 <laughs> yards, you know. It's like get open and, and make something happen because uh, if they get to that point where he, they're, you know, like I say, you're A, B, C, and D, and then there's E, F, G, and H, and, and you know, when you scramble, that, that's what separates the, the, the big-time teams. I mean, you know, through through the years, and when you get into the big-time games, when they take A, B, C, and D away, mm -hmm. that's where you make your hay. That's what uh, Clemson did last year, those Alabama's done with two attack over below. I mean, right on down the line. Isn't it as simple as short go long, long go short? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it comes yeah. down to, right? But if you're in the Is middle. Is it always that simple? I don't know. I don't know. If, if don't you're know. in the intermediate route, where do you go? Yeah. You know, let's, to the sideline. Let's have Brian. We'll believe, have Brian Hartline come back out I always here believe in coming back toward the quarterback because that's when you, you know, he sees you better. Give someone go get a first down and someone run for the touchdown. Right, exactly. Yeah. So I think for me, what I've learned in the last few days is that Pete Werner is not 
only a player that has been criminally uh, undervalued by Ohio State fans in the last year, but uh, he's a guy who's emerging as a vocal leader on this team, which we saw on Tuesday. He he really was able to speak eloquently about his role, about what the defense is doing, and, and about how you know the defense is improving. And I think for a, a kid that people who uh, kind of knocked him quite a bit in the last year. Another kid going home to Indiana this weekend. Um, you know, I, I think it's one of those things where you just look at guys developing into men, and, and Pete Werner is sort of taking on that role as the leader of the linebacker corps. Pete no, Werner counts no, as that, real Indianapolis. Right? Yeah, and he's almost, yeah, he definitely does. And he's almost like a spokesman for what has changed about this defense. Mm -hmm. These guys, I asked a couple of them today, these guys are having fun, and they're admitting it because they know what they're doing. They know where they're supposed to be going. I mean, when Pete Werner rolls back into that deep safety like you and Zach Boren broke down, yeah. you know, that little rotation they yeah. went through, I mean, that's crazy stuff you didn't really see before, but they all knew what they were doing. It was like it was like a dance troupe. I mean, are you surprised that the, that the players on the defense are, you know, admitting that they were just sort of confused last year? Well, I mean, you've got to, you know, you've got to have reasons for why you look stupid on occasion. And we, I don't. Yeah, I just, I mean, I just, well, it's just natural for me. You cover recruiting as as well as anybody, and you know that these guys were talented players when they showed sure. up. Okay, and so it made no sense last year how. Like I said, incompetent, gap, unsound, occasionally on defense, etc. And guys running into each other, and you're just going, "That's that's not right." And you know, we all, I mean, we all respect uh, Greg Schiano and stuff, but it, that just didn't go well last year. Yeah, that was the end of the road, and you can see it. But you keep hearing this, not just them talking about not thinking, but uh, as Tim alluded to, it's two days in a row. Brendan White, Sean Wade said the swag is back, and yeah. and this that is was, the, that's just Brendan White. Yeah. Brendan White should be complaining. He's only played 34 plays, yeah. you know. Yeah, and like, he's not. He's thrilled with that yeah. role. All those guys are happy. They're making plays. That's easier when you're winning. We'll see if Ohio State True can that. keep that going on Saturday. Big Ten play is here. Uh, Letterman Row, of course, will be on the road covering Ohio State and Indiana. We'll be there uh, all weekend long with the same coverage as you are uh, used to from us, just like the practice report from Byers Auto. So Tim May, Jeremy Birmingham, I'm Austin Ward. We will see you on Saturday.